Sometimes I like to begin with a story that helps us to understand business and marketing at a little bit greater depth. In May of 2013, a developer from Vietnam released an app for the Apple App Store. Now, this is not such a surprising event. In fact, there are over a million apps. To be precise, 1,544,765 apps on the Apple App Store. The game was released and it was a total disaster. The graphics looked like they were from 1995, reminiscent of Duck Hunt. The way the game worked was incredibly challenging and annoyed its users to no end. In fact, reviews of this app called it demonic and pure evil because it was so difficult to do anything in this game. It it turned away everyone who tried the game because it was so difficult and it looked so bad. Then, all of a sudden, this app that had plummeted to obscurity in the Apple App Store and had no, no chance of success from May 2013 all the way until January 2014, suddenly, with no provocation, just suddenly shot up to number one in the Apple App Store. This is a remarkable story because being number one on the Apple App Store, even for a free app, can bring in tremendous amounts of money. In fact, this app began to earn $50,000 a day, US dollars. So that equals about $1.5 million every month just from people clicking on ads within the app. This app, this app that was demonic, that was pure evil, called by its own users, that had terrible graphics, was suddenly number one. What in the world could have caused such a skyrocket? Well, the question is, is debated, and the app is Flappy Bird, the, the app that gained so much attention in early 2014, and even more attention when the app was removed from the Apple App Store because people were becoming addicted to the app. In fact, people were pay, playing it for hours and hours and hours per day because it was so addictive trying to make any success in this game. The owner of the app was so berated by media and others uh, trying to understand how this game worked and how they could succeed in it. He became so frustrated that despite the fact that it was earning $1.5 million a month, he removed it from the app store because people were becoming too addicted to it. And he said that he would not put it back on the store unless at some point he could put a warning on there that told people to stop playing after a while because it was too addictive. Does this sound possible that an app that had no success when it was released and was called demonic and pure evil by its users could see such incredible success? How was it that an app that had plummeted in the rankings suddenly became pegged at number one, that when it was removed from the app store, that people sold their phones, the phones that had the app pre-installed for $1,500 just so that people could get their hands back on the app. People threatened suicide if the app was not returned to the app store. The moral of the story is that every business needs some kind of bump to get it out of obscurity so that it has even a chance at reaching mainstream media, so that it has a chance of reaching potential users. 
Now, how did the bump come in the case of Flappy Bird? Well, this will be debated for a long time, but many people who watch these things closely and look at the numbers on the Apple App Store have wondered if there was some kind of spam technique that was used to download the app in mass, making, app, making it look like it was a successful app, thus driving it higher on the store and giving it a chance for others to try it out and see why it was rated so highly. Now, that's debated, and as far as I could see, the owner, the developer of the app, never actually outright denied that, but he didn't agree with it either. So everyone needs a bump. If you're starting a business, if you, especially if you're starting an online business, you need some kind of bump to get your offering in front of enough people that it has a chance to go viral. In today's episode, I'm going to show you exactly that. Let's make today the day you start the business that will change your life. You'll learn how at Income School. Income School is about taking your income into your own hands by creating a website that people will love, building a following, and earning a living online. And now your host, Jim Harmer. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Income School podcast, episode number eight. Today, we are talking about opening up the floodgates to your website, releasing a product for the first time, and trying to get that bump that will send you out to enough people that you can start to get some traction. Now, there are two things that I want to talk about right off the gate because if, I am, if I'm starting a new business, these are the strategies I'm going to go to very first. But notice as throughout this whole episode how often I talk about SEO. Never. Because SEO is really not a great technique for a new website. You need a little bit of traction. It takes a lot of work links and time to get a lot of Google traffic. What I'm going to talk about is how to get your initial bump. You look at your Google Analytics and you are flatline. Beep, no life here. And we're going to try to get you that first that first little spark of life. The first things that I would recommend are a podcast and Pinterest. And a third, a close third even would be stumble upon. Let's first talk about podcasting. The reason that podcasting is great to get your first people onto your website is because every podcast has the opportunity of showing up in the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. So you don't really need your podcast to be, uh, I mean, you don't need to be the best podcast in the world. If you're a good podcast, you're probably going to show up at least part of the first eight weeks your show is on iTunes in the new and noteworthy section. So I really want to encourage you that if you're starting a new website, plan to have that podcast out at the same time because that's a great way to send people to you. I mean, it's great if you can get your your visitors to your website to join your, uh, to follow your podcast, but it's even better if you can get your podcast listeners, the people that you have gained from the Apple iTunes store and take them over to your website. So definitely, Definitely think about a podcast because that new and noteworthy section has launched many businesses just because it's a great way of getting in front of new people, new eyes, even if you have no business to start out. But I will say one thing. 
I have seen a few podcasts that started out and kind of fell into obscurity for a few weeks and didn't show up in the new and noteworthy, new and noteworthy section until they got some other kind of external bump. It doesn't take much for Apple to put you on the new and noteworthy section, but it does want to see at least some downloads. So you're going to have to be out there beating your feet on the street and just begging, pleading all of your friends and family, everybody on your personal Facebook page to go subscribe to your podcast on the iTunes store. And sometimes that's enough to get you into that new and noteworthy section, just that little mini bump to give you the big bump from the iTunes store. So starting a podcast is one of the best things you can do. Next is Pinterest. Now, Pinterest is something that I would not recommend for all businesses, but if your business does fall into this category, it is pure gold. I mean, you cannot beat Pinterest if you do, if you do have a website that falls into this category. I'm going to teach you a couple techniques. Listen carefully because they have earned me a tremendous amount of money from Pinterest. More than half, or Pinterest sends more than half of my traffic for the last three years. More traffic than Google, more traffic than Facebook, where I have nearly 300,000 followers. More traffic is coming from Pinterest. And so I want to tell you how I did it, where it can work for you, and where it's probably not as good of a fit. If you have a podcast about uh, cleaning your home, organizing, uh, children, homeschool, uh, teaching school, if you have a podcast about arts and crafts, photography, anything like that, Pinterest is gold. Uh, interior decorating, gold. That's the kind of thing that people are going to pin on Pinterest. Camping tips, sure, that could absolutely go on there. Thing, things that, especially women, Pinterest is over 90% women. And so you kind of want to think, what are you know more women going to be interested in? And then after, after you've determined if your business is going to be a good fit for Pinterest, and I think a lot of businesses are, but if, if you're going to, um, you know, write tips about mudding and four-wheelers, well, sure, there, there may be some Pinterest users who are interested in that. Certainly women could be interested in that, but there's a good chance that more, more men would be interested in, some, in something like that. So you may not see as much traffic on that in, on Pinterest. Um, so, you know, go on Pinterest and see what content there. You may be surprised at what the what the audience is, is interested in, but go see exactly uh, if there's a, a good contingent of people interested in that kind of topic on Pinterest. Or, or cooking, any, anything, health, fitness, cooking, uh, recipes, that, that's all going to be great stuff for Pinterest. Uh, fashion, uh, they're just a, a wide variety of things, but, but there are some categories that are just really going to be cut out. I, I've found that my technology kind of articles, if I'm going to write about, uh, you know, a computer thing, then it just doesn't do as well on Pinterest as a tip, as a post about, you know, 21 wedding photography tips. That's going to kill on Pinterest. So first think if it's going to be a good fit for you, but I think a lot of businesses are. And then if it is, you have to spend some time on Pinterest. I, I spent hours and hours looking at the most popular pins on Pinterest in all different categories and determining what is it that's making people pin this? Is it just a clever idea? Does it have a great name for uh, for the article that it's linking to? Uh, 
and that's what people are clicking on it? Uh, does it have just a really cap captivating photo? What's really interesting here? And then after you find, uh, after you get a good sense of what's hot on Pinterest and what doesn't work as well, then I need you to create some content that's specifically designed for Pinterest. If I'm going to create content for Pinterest, first I'm going to need a great headline that's short. If I, uh, One of my most popular posts ever on Pinterest was nine weird photography tips. Uh, and I had a picture that showed little kind of thumbnails all on this, on this photo of uh, the different kind of weird, unusual photography tips. And so when people see it, they saw some one of the weird tips of somebody screwing uh, a, a camera onto the onto a lamp the little screw at the top of a lamp where you put the lampshade on there that's actually the same size screw or bolt as a tripod socket on the bottom of a camera so if you ever need to take a, a group photo or something in a home and you don't have a place to put the camera well just take the lampshade off and you can put the camera put the camera right on there so it was kind of a unique photos it was kind of eye-catching you were like why is somebody putting a camera on a lamp and it made you want to click it to kind of find out well that post went over huge on Pinterest, sending hundreds of thousands of clicks to the website. It still sends thousands of clicks every month, tens of thousands every month. So think, you have to really think of content for Pinterest. Now, another thing to recognize is the content on Pinterest it does best when it's vertical. If you take a, a wide photo, because it's only posting a, a photo and just a tiny little bit of text. So the most important thing is you got a great photo there that's going to make somebody interested in the post that you have. So I, I like to make them a little bit taller than they are wide. A, a landscape photo, a landscape aspect ratio it isn't going to do as well because it's so small. You want something that's tall, maybe twice as, as tall as it is long, a photo. So you're probably just going to have to crop that. And then you're going to want some kind of unique photo that's going to make them look at it. And then the thing that I do that makes a huge difference is if I just post, let's say I just post a picture of a pretty, pretty sunset. Well, nobody's going to actually click over to my website because of that picture of the pretty, pretty sunset because they just see sunset and they say, ooh, nice sunset picture and they move on. Even if they really like the sunset, they may just pin it and move on. They didn't know that there was content behind that. And so I run into Photoshop or you can use paint or, or whatever else you use and and write the, the title of the article on the photo. And I always try to design it up so it looks really, really good. Look on Pinterest to see what other pins have text on them, what fonts they're using and stuff to make that text just look really, really nice. If you have any graphic design skills, whoo, bring them out right here because it makes a huge difference. Pinterest is all about visuals. People want their homes to look nice, their bodies to look nice, their clothes to look nice. It's all aesthetics. And so your pin better look really, really good. And then I'll, I'll put this tall photo on the article. It's like an ad for the article. It has a captivating picture and a little graphic designed up text on there. And I'll just put it in the post. And then when um, when my users come there, they, they can pin it. And I there are lots of plugins that you can use that make a nice pin it button there so when somebody comes and sees the picture they can uh, easily pin it to Pinterest well it's incredible how well things spread on Pinterest if you make a nice well-designed pin on Pinterest you can just get an unbelievable amount of traffic and the great thing about this strategy is 
you really don't need much of an audience to see it go over big time. Because, I mean, even if you only have, oh, 200 followers on Pinterest, just your personal friends and some other people that have randomly followed you, even if you have 200 people, if you can think of a really well-designed pin and you can pin it and convince a couple other close friends to pin it for you, I I mean, that can easily be spread to hundreds of thousands or, or a million people in very short order. So... So Pinterest requires its its own marketing campaign. Just posting a normal post is not going to do so good. You got to really think about what that photo is going to look like and how you're going to make it uh, look good on Pinterest and then bang. I mean, that can be a great way to get a bump. It's not going to work every time. Sometimes I've designed up great pins that I think are going to go over well and they just kind of flop over dead. But then again, some others that I thought were going to flop over dead were big, big heroes. So give it a try. If if Pinterest can be part of your strategy, it's one of the most successful ways to get traffic right away. So podcast and Pinterest are the first two things I'm going to tell you about. I, they are the things that if I'm starting a business, those are two things that I are first and foremost in my mind if the business is even a good idea. If I don't think I can make a podcast about it, I, I'm just going to have a hard time developing a community. And so I'm, I'm really wondering about this business. If I, if it's one that I can't use Pinterest on, you know, we're talking about uh, repairing Chevy trucks is what the topic is. Mm, probably not a lot of people gonna are going to pin on Pinterest. Look at these ten tips for changing your oil faster. Maybe it's possible, and, and there could be some people, men and women, on Pinterest that may be interested in that. But it's probably less likely. So I I would I would really wonder about that business because that's just where my expertise is, and and I know if I get those two strategies, I can get traffic real quick. It's certainly you could start a business uh, that doesn't utilize either of those strategies and have it be successful. But I've just seen such success from from Pinterest and podcasts in the past that that those are ones that I kind of want to stick to because they're working so well for me. Uh, another one, and I said this is a possible third, is StumbleUpon. StumbleUpon is is a website where people can stumble, where they uh, grab a website, a link that they really like, and they add it to StumbleUpon, and then StumbleUpon just sends users randomly to posts to to post that other stumblers have stumbled and and recommends that they look at. So StumbleUpon used to be a much, much bigger thing, and it's kind of died off a little bit. But every once in a while, I get a nice, healthy bump from StumbleUpon. It's not real consistent traffic, and I feel like I, I have to submit, you know, 50 ideas before one just really catches on. But every once in a while, I'll get a nice big flood of traffic from StumbleUpon. And, and then, so that's one to try out. Another is Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T. And Reddit is, you know, I can't get into the site. I just don't love it, the way that it's laid out and stuff. I just have a hard time loving that website. And so I don't participate on the on Reddit. And consequently, I don't get a lot of traffic from it. But I have seen some really nice bumps in the past come from Reddit uh, that, that my users randomly submitted it to Reddit and it did well. So, so that's something to consider if you have a really, really good article that can compete with the best articles on the internet that day, then that may be something to, to try Reddit on. You're going to have to participate in the conversations and kind of get into the community to make it work. But it is something to consider. 
Another way to get a bump, and this one takes a lot more work, but it's a nice sustained way to grow an audience, is to write an ebook. Now, do not write your ebook with the intent to earn money. Sure, you may want to do that later. There's nothing wrong with earning money from ebooks, but for a bump, I want to see you price your ebook very aggressively and just get it out there. Maybe even make it, um, maybe even put it on the Kindle Learning. Uh, Kindle exchange program so that Kindle Prime users can can get the the book for free. I mean, do whatever you can to get that ebook out to people on Amazon because once you write that ebook, there's somebody who's spending 50 pages, 100 pages, maybe even 150 pages with you. And so by the end of the book, they're going to be ready to participate in your brand. If the last page is, hey, go check out my podcast, my website, my newsletter, all this other free stuff I have for you, and they just read 100 pages of your thoughts, they're going to be really interested. And some of my raving fans, especially in the first few years, the first two years of, of my website, came from ebooks. I see them less now because I spend less effort on the ebooks, but it's a great way to get, get your name out there. It's a slow sur- source of traffic. You're not going to see this quick speed bump where you're skyrocketed into the air, but it is a way to a sustained way to get a new flow of traffic coming. And then another thing is when you're starting your website and you need this bump, the people who win are the people who act desperately to get people to the website. I so often see people starting a new website and they, they, they're kind of, they, they act like they're all intense and they're driven and they're ready to, to win. And then with their actions, they don't really show that, you know, they'll, they'll make a new website, they'll put it up. They'll maybe even write an ebook. They'll make this podcast, but then they're a little bit too shy to push it out to their personal Facebook friends. They're a little bit too shy to write the guest post to another to another blog to get them to send a little traffic. They're a little bit too shy to go post on every forum they've ever participated in about their their business. They're not getting out there and beating their feet to get successful. And the I what I want you to understand from this episode is your website will not succeed without some kind of bump something at the beginning that can get you just that little trickle of traffic. I mean, if we can just send 60 people over to your website, 100 people over to your website, that's a bump. And that is going to be enough so that people can see it, join your newsletter, tell their friends about it, like you on Facebook, that when you post on Facebook, you're starting to get comments because when somebody comments on your post, it's often going to show to their friends that they commented on a page. I mean, do whatever you can, but you have to get some kind of bump. Be desperate. Get out there and make it happen. Don't sit back and just hope that eventually you're going to catch on. You're going to get discovered like Justin Bieber and suddenly be popular. If you want to get traffic, you have to get out there and earn it. Class dismissed. When you're serious about launching your website, check out Jim's free step-by-step tutorials at IncomeSchool.com. 
Income schools and production of improv photography LLC. Any opinions expressed by guests and callers do not reflect those of improv photography LLC. Results mentioned not typical. Some links mentioned are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Some calls simulated. Improv photography LLC is not a law firm and does not give legal or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a competent licensed CPA or lawyer licensed in your jurisdiction before making business decisions.